the number one thing that is wrong with the American diet is seed oils. These are omega-6 oils. These are the oils that drive insulin resistance. And when you control insulin and you control autophagy, something very interesting anti-aging-wise happens. And it's that... Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful, so let's go ahead and dive in. At U.S. Bank, when we say we're in it with you, we mean it. Not just for the good stuff, the grand openings and celebrations, although those are pretty great, but for all the hard work it took to get there, the fine-tuning of goals, the managing of cash and workflows, and decision-making. We're in to help you through all of it, because together we're proving day in and day out that there is nothing as powerful as the power of us. Visit usbank.com to get started today. Equal housing lender, member FDIC, copyright 2024, U.S. Bank. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Nothing beats attending a live event. SeatGeek's site is easy to navigate, so you're able to select the best seats to see your favorite artists with confidence. With over 28 million downloads, SeatGeek is the number one rated ticketing app on the Apple App Store. There are more than 70,000 events on SeatGeek, including concerts, sports, festivals, and more. Plus, your tickets are backed by a buyer guarantee. Download the SeatGeek app and use code GREATNESS20 to get $20 off your first purchase. Offer applies to new customers only. Purchase must be over $50. The promo code is single use and valid through September 30th, 2024. Get tickets on SeatGeek now. What do you think is the worst food to eat before you start fasting? Like, what's, what's the worst thing you could do where it's kind of doesn't matter that you fasted because you just had this, this, and this, you know, 16 hours ago. A bunch of fried stuff, especially like French fries. Yeah. Uh, from a restaurant, especially because they use such bad oils. And what you find from fasting is that sometimes it's effortless and sometimes you're just have gnawing hunger the whole time. <laughs> and the gnawing hunger, it's your fault. It's what you ate before the fast. Interesting. So in fast this way, I teach about these six big categories of food that are likely to cause cravings for you. And they don't all cause the same intensity of cravings, but these are foods that aren't as good as we think they are. Because we have anything you're going to eat has three things in it. And most nutritionists only look at two. And I'm not picking on nutritionists specifically. Dietitians are even worse. I'll pick on them. <laughs> These are the guys who feed you jello with NutraSweet in the hospital. <laughs> but there's calories in food. And some types of, of popular wisdom say, well, eat food with less calories. Guys, calories are energy. Energy is what you want. And to say that you are somehow going to feel really good on a low-calorie diet, it does not work. As a 300-pound guy who's lost way more than 100 pounds, I'd say I'm a 200-pound guy now, but 
you you go low calorie, lose twenty pounds, gain thirty, lose thirty, gain forty. It does not work. It makes you miserable and it makes mm. you just just cranky. So what's you the solution? Calories. What's the solution then? Well, the solution is you actually eat enough calories and you eat the right kinds of calories. So well, let's assume your food has some energy in it. The second thing food has, it has nutrients. So it has vitamins and minerals and stuff like that. This is good. Now, most of the time we stop there and say, okay, you should eat more of this because it has, for some reason, some people say less calories and other people say more nutrients. But the third bucket is what matters. The third bucket is anti-nutrients or toxins. Mm. And it's not like any food is is perfect, but some have more or less calories, some have more or less nutrients, and some have more or less anti-nutrients. And if you pretend like they don't exist, which is how most nutritional stuff is written, so eat this because it's packed with this, ignoring the fact that you could literally have a bowl of cyanide, and if you put some vitamins in it, they'd say, well, it's low calorie, it's high in vitamins, you should eat that. Mm. And so I teach people in, in fast this way, look, here's the things to look for. If you eat that, you're probably going to have a miserable fast with low energy cravings and be cold. But if you don't eat that, you're going to have a much easier fast. And then you start to realize, wait a minute, maybe I'm going to choose foods that don't make me hungry as soon as I finish eating them. And if you master that, even when you're not intermittent fasting, you're going to have lunch. And instead of wanting a snack at two, you're like, I'm actually full until dinner. I just don't want to eat. So I don't think about eating. I don't reach for the cookies. Yeah. So instead of willpower, it's just biology. It's so much easier that way. What would you say would be the top three foods if you could only have three that you would eat before a fast, whether 16 hour or 24 it, hour? Anything? It would be definitely grass fed steak. There is nothing more satiating than animal fats or butter. Um, this stuff, it, it's full of nutrients as long as it's grass-fed. If it's industrial, it'll actually give you cravings. It's not good to eat industrially raised animals. So the idea that meat is good or bad, you got to know what meat, <laughs> um, how is the animal treated, and all that, it matters. I wish that it didn't matter. I wish you could just eat gravel, but it doesn't work. So this is something that is the most satiating. Something with a lot of soluble fiber in it. You can do broccoli if you want to. You can do some some vegetables, preferably cooked. Not all vegetables are going to have the same effect on you. So I talk about things like how the nightshade family of vegetables, which have been a core part of the Bulletproof diet, like, guys, watch out for that. If you eat bell peppers, you're probably going to feel different than if you eat cabbage. Mm. In fact, you'll feel very different. And when I say that, most people go, oh, wait, I guess that might be true, but we've just never thought about different, it. Different in a not feeling as good with the nightshades? Yeah. Bell peppers are in the deadly nightshade family. They're clearly not deadly, but they cause inflammation in many people. Mm. But in others, they handle it pretty well. Right. So I'm like, watch out for that. Uh, but for me, I would say, eat, give me some vegetables, give me some steak. And then the other thing that's going to be really good is anything with fat, dark chocolate, mm. uh, guacamole, uh, things like that. A salad with a really heavy dressing with real olive oil, not the fake stuff. And with some extra MCT oil in it and some extra avocados on top. So give me the good undamaged fats, not a lot of seed oils. Give me some protein and give me some vegetables. You do that and you can cruise all day long. But if you say, oh, instead I'm going to insert some kind of fancy raw kale salad. Kale gives a lot of people cravings. In fact, mm. it's not very good for you at all. In fact, have you ever eaten a huge kale salad and then being, I'm so full, I'm so satisfied, I'm just bursting with energy, I'm not going to be hungry for four hours? No. <laughs> even, if you, even if you cover it in bacon, it still doesn't work. Kale has stuff in it that pisses your body off. It really does. And it, it's just how it is. It doesn't taste that good either. But even if you like the taste of it, it's not particularly a strong health food. There you go. And how does, from all the research that you've done, obviously you've tested this for 10 years personally, but from the research and the science... 
how does fasting the right way uh, play a role in anti-aging in your life and, and other people's lives? The number one thing fasting or intermittent fasting regularly will do, and remember, it doesn't have to be a super long one. 14 hours can start, 16 hours is good. We're not talking heavy duty, you know, living in a cave kind of stuff. And that will stop you from having insulin resistance. When you have insulin resistance, it means that insulin levels go up and your body can't hear them, so they go up higher. When your insulin is higher, your all-cause mortality um, goes up. In other words, your chances of dying from every disease you can think of happens. What insulin resistance means is that when there's energy in your body, your cells are weak enough that they can't make good use of the energy. And fasting fixes that problem. When sugar goes up in the body, it forms something called advanced glycation end products. It basically cooks your tissues the way onions brown in a pan. And we know this from 30 years of anti-aging research about the effect of excess insulin and sugar in the body. Fasting will fix that. But on top of it, there's something called autophagy. Uh, which is a, a core part of the recommendations I make, which is do whatever it takes to cause your body to turn its protein digestion mechanisms back on you. Because if it's not busy eating steak and eggs or you know tofu, if that's what you're into, it'll turn around and go, oh, there's some extra debris, some junk inside the cells, outside the cells. I can clean that up. And if you go a little bit longer, it says, you know what? I've got enough extra enzyme activity here. I think I will take out the weak mitochondria, these little power plant generators. I'll take out the weak ones and replace them with young, strong ones. And you start upgrading yourself internally because the stuff that would have gone into digesting the food you eat every two hours because that's what someone told you to do in the 70s. Instead of doing that, you're eating the stuff in your body that makes you old. And when you control insulin and you control autophagy, something very interesting anti-aging-wise happens and it's that you actually have younger and more abundant stem cells in your body. So intermittent fasting has proven to increase stem cells, increases testosterone, human growth hormone, uh, and a huge swath of anti-aging mm. substances in the body. And like it's free. Yeah. It costs less than eating breakfast. And what's the, some of the new research about stem cells or the new developments that have excited you uh, that everyone should know about? Well, I've been pretty public about uh, doing a lot of stem cells. I've had my bone marrow taken out twice. and I've had You've been trying to convince me to do this for a while. I've been considering it. it. I, still, life, I, I still need to consider more. It'll change your life. Uh, anyone with old injuries like that, I, I have just no bodily pain. And you, you get younger, and there's really intriguing research about stem cells making brains work better, especially if you've had a traumatic brain injury, which I have had. And so you, you just get younger. And I can't tell you that it was stem cells alone that did this. I live, you know, a bulletproof life and all that. But I recently measured my brain's response time. This is an automatic response time. How quickly does the brain respond when a light or a sound comes on? So this isn't a conscious thing. And my response time is the average response time for a 20-year-old. The response time goes down with or goes up with age. So you get slower and slower as you age. So I have a 20-year-old's um, ability to respond to the environment around me, which is pretty remarkable. And I truly think that the stem cells helped with that. Wow. There's also things like arterial flexibility, where I have the average flexible arteries of a 24 year old when you just compare and I'm twice as old as that Lewis. So something is working. I think stem cells are a core part of the anti-aging thing. What's happening now though, is we're able to pull things that are like stem cells out of the blood instead of out of the marrow. 
and mm, that's a really? lot less painful. And then <laughs> I'm more open to that than the whole the sucking out of my bones. Yeah, it's spinning it up. You're asleep when you're actually. I was awake one time when they did. It. Oh I was asleep man! The second time. So wait, what's this new? What's this new blood drawing stem cell that uh, you're talking about? It's still getting regulatory approval, but it's called uh, very small stem-like cells. But uh, I'll show you the video sometime and that I'm laying on the table and the doctor has this thing and he hammers it with a hammer. Oh, no, I can't. And it goes, eh, eh, eh. Oh, oh, man. Every time I see that video, it's like, it's the worst thing ever. Man, yeah, you go through a lot of pain to have, uh, you know, less pain for the rest of your life. It, really? It's really weird, Lewis. It's almost like hunger. Like, you can look at something as pain or just weird. And when I really dug into it, like there's the strangest feeling in my skeleton, but it wasn't pain. It was just so outside the universe of anything you would ever or should ever feel that it, your body could say it's oh, pain or it could just be like, that's different. Like, that's that's weird. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I can say I've, I've been through much more painful things than that. Uh, but the idea that, that we could have younger and more stem cells by skipping breakfast is a little bit less money and time <laughs> than that. And that's and why pain, I think it's pain. such an important practice. And what's this, uh, what's this blood uh, stem cell process then? It's not, it's not available yet, but have you tested it? What have there's you a, gained? There's a, a very few doctors um, who are, are offering it today. And I think it's in a bit of a gray zone from a regulatory perspective. So have you tried um, it? Very small stem-like cells. Of course I've tried it. Uh, how, tried do you, how do you feel about it? Um, well, I think it, it's hard to say to compare you know, A versus B. There's a lot more studies on getting stem cells from your fat or your marrow. Um, there's also people getting stem cells from like placental cords and umbilical cords or placenta, from placentas and umbilical cords. Right. Um, there, um, I have mixed feelings about that because if you're getting stem cells from eight different people, I'm like, how, how tested was that? And that makes all of my friends who do stem cells that way irritated that I would question it. Maybe it's perfectly good. I know a lot of people do it and love it. I, I just, in, in my mind, I'm like, what do we test for every little virus and every little bacteria? I and and I, I kind of like the idea of growing my own stem cells, but that's not legal in the U S anymore. It was for a while. And that was the most effective. That's so crazy. It, it's coming down. We're, we're at like year one of, of an evolution that's happening. Kind of like cell phones. The, the first cell phone, you know, some, some guy in LA in his Mercedes 300 D convertible, the whole this, trunk is his cell big, phone. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> and it was like, you know, $25 a minute. Uh, but with stem cells, it's come down in price a lot. The efficacy is way higher and it's getting better. It works better and better every year, but it still takes a doctor a lot of time to you know, get the needles in all the right places and understand your joints. And, but man, it, it's, you know, a couple hours of relatively minor discomfort, but then you're better for decades. It, it's a yeah. really big deal, Lewis. And I'll tell you, if you fast before you do that procedure, you have less insulin resistance, you have a working metabolism, everything you can do in a hospital, whether it's a surgery, whether you get in a car accident, whatever, everything goes better if you just have a strong metabolism. Mm -hmm. and so like, what do we all need right now? We want more resilience. Resilience comes from biology. The people who are best at taking fat or sugar plus air, combining them and getting abundant energy, those are the people who live the longest, have the best life. They have more opportunity for greatness because they simply have more electrons bouncing around in their heads to do stuff with. Mm. And it could power your immune system. 
It could power whatever you're doing in the world, but that's the core of everything I've ever done with Bulletproof, with all the content. How do you make yourself better at making energy? And it turns out sometimes not eating is part of the equation. Yeah. And I'm curious, you know, everyone swears by the the lifestyle slash diet that they live by that works for them. People who are vegan swear by it and the ones who are super healthy have lots of energy. The ones who are vegetarian. I feel like vegans just swear. They don't even swear by their (laughs) diet. Is that just me? Who knows? Yeah. I mean, they swear by lots of things. (laughs) Sorry, vegans. I'm just teasing you guys. (laughs) The, the, you know, the vegetarian diet, people who live a vegetarian lifestyle for a long time say that this is the best for them. People who are carnivore diets say it's the best for them. Keto. Is there a worst type of diet, even though some of these things might work extremely well for particular body types? What, what is the worst type of diet is the standard American diet. And there's three things in it that are just horribly destructive. Sugar. The first one is, what? Sugar. Sugar. Sugar's there, but I don't think it's as destructive as the other two. Okay. So I'll, I'll give an order from the worst to the, the best of the worst, right? So the number one thing that is wrong with the American diet is seed oils. These omega-6 mm-hmm. oils and canola, corn, soybean, safflower, sunflower, all this stuff that's in everything at the restaurant and most packaged foods at the grocery store unless you know buy from the right company. Um, it's full of these oils. These are the oils that drive insulin resistance. Mm. Your body takes these oils and they're all plant-based oils. And it says, hmm, I'm gonna try to construct the outer layer of my mitochondria and my cells, the, these little batteries, but I have the wrong ingredients. So I'm gonna make subpar batteries. Like if you go to the, the knockoff store and you buy the cheap batteries and it last a third as long as the good ones, that's what happens when you eat a lot of seed oils. Americans have about 40 times more of that oil in their systems than they should, and it gets built into your tissues. Eesh. And that makes you weak. It is just not good. Seed oils. Get seed oils are bad. Second thing is industrially raised meat. It's full of xenoestrogens. These are estrogens that make animals fat on one-third less calories than normal. Um, it's also full of antibiotics, and it's destroying the soil of the planet right now. Yeah. It also is depleting... Uh, farmland when we take and we grow corn and soy and grain and we don't actually put the animal poop back into the soil the way we do on my farm (laughs) what we're doing is we're sucking all the nutrients out of the soil and we're creating a a very very big catastrophe 60 years from now we'll be out of topsoil because we stopped having animals walk around and poop on it the way it works when you're doing a regenerative agriculture kind of thing but worst of all, you eat industrial animals, they're also full of cortisol. And so you do this, they mess up your gut bacteria and they're full of uh, glyphosate because it was on the feed. And glyphosate disrupts your, your gut bacteria, your nervous system activity, and is tied to cancer. So we're getting bad oils. Oh, and those animals, because they ate corn and soy, they're full of bad oils too. So now you're like, man, the steak tasted good. And I had that nice salad dressing that came out of a bottle that was full of crap oils. And you think you're being healthy. But you're completely wrecking things. And this is some of the stuff that I did when I was heavy, right? And then the third thing would be sugar, right? You just, if you have a ton of sugar, it's directly harmful. If you do the stuff I'm talking about, you can probably have a few grams of sugar and you won't notice that your body can handle it just fine. So sugar is not good for you and it is addictive, but it is way better to eat sugar than it is to eat corn oil. But don't eat either one. Don't eat either one, yeah. Have sugar every once in a while. Yeah. But don't eat oil and... Yeah. Like if, if someone gotcha. said, here's a birthday cake, 
you know, it's gluten free. I don't do gluten. Um, and they said, I made it with canola oil. I'd just be like, no. Right. But if they said I made it with sugar and butter, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to have some. And right. it's that big, the sugar. Okay. Your body can process that and it's gone. The other stuff, it sticks and it gets in there and you don't want to do it. So the worst diet of all is that one with lots of fried stuff and bad oils. But the second worst diet for people who think they're being healthy, Lewis, this isn't going to be popular, but it is the vegan diet. Why is that? There's two things. Okay. I was a devout raw vegan. Okay. I did this for more than a year. I mean, I have bowls as big as my head full of kale and blended and mashed and sprouted. And I mean, I, I'm good with rice and dates. beans and everything. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. So what happens there is your body doesn't get the essential fats that it needs. We are not made out of plant oils. And I have I have in my books, I talk about the studies that show when you change the type of oil you eat, it changes what your body is made of. So when you go on a plant-based diet, you're getting two things. You're getting plant-based oils, which are not very compatible with you. Vegans will get mad at me and say, Dave, we can convert plant omega-3s to the good ones. Yes, it takes 45 grams of bad omega-3s to make one gram of the good ones if your body can do that, which it won't be able to do because you're on a plant-based diet. <laughs> and then... You get tons of these anti-nutrients from plants that cause cravings. When I was a raw vegan, I was always hungry. <laughs> and I think that that's a, a very common occurrence. And I would say, well, that's weird. I'm going to put more coconut oil or, or eat more you know, fresh uh, young Thai coconuts, all these yeah. things, <clears throat> avocados. It didn't matter. It's because plants don't want you to eat them, and they cover themselves in defense systems that cause cravings. So I talk about the five big categories of things that are causing problems with us right now. And many plants that are common on a plant-based diet are not very compatible with humans. Like, oh, they have these vitamins. Like, yeah, they also stick to the stuff that lines the cartilage in your joints and gives you joint pain. Or they inhibit your ability to absorb zinc and magnesium and iron and things like that. And so what happens is you tell yourself you're doing this to be nice to the animals. But what you're doing is you're making sure that the animals will go extinct because if everyone was vegan, we'd have no animals. And then two generations later, we'd all be extinct because we'd have no animals to make soil. Because you can't grow carrots without animal poop at the end of the day. You can do it for 20 years. You can do it for 30 years. But eventually, you have to build that soil back up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life doesn't come with a user manual. So when it's not working for you, it's normal to feel stuck or frustrated. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills. It's the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp offers all of the benefits of in-person therapy, plus it's more convenient, more accessible, and more affordable. Online therapy helps me with clarity in my relationships, the next steps in my business, and my life, or even just those moments where you're feeling down. So when I don't have a user manual that can give me all the answers I need, I can at least have help working through any problems quickly. It's so healing to face your challenges head on, and having help from BetterHelp is a game changer. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's super affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Lewis. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Lewis. 
One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And actually, I was thinking about something I wanted to share. I get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go, like I am. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience, but there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ever notice how your relationship with your wireless carrier can have the same yada yada as a bad romantic relationship? Like you're treated special at the beginning with exciting gifts and offers, but then ignored and overlooked later on. Or your partner gets a wandering eye, like how some wireless carriers start focusing their attention on newer customers. Well, if this sounds like your wireless carrier, it might be time to put an end to the yada yada. Now at Metro, existing customers get that new customer feeling again and again. Introducing Metro Flex, more than just free, 5G phones when you join, get the same great deals as new customers on select devices like Samsung, Motorola, and Rebel when you stay 12 months and trade in a phone. It's the first of many initiatives Metro is making to ensure all of the customers feel valued. That's not a yada yada. Stop by your neighborhood Metro store, bring your number and ID, and sign up for an eligible Metro Flex plan. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there to too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. So what's happening on a plant-based side is the wrong fats and lots of anti-nutrients. And that combination is kryptonite for people. And I've had tens of thousands of former vegans go bulletproof. And part of the reason I made the bulletproof diet was because I did harm to myself, including additional food allergies and worse hypothyroidism as a result of being vegan. Um, and in terms of animal cruelty, I calculated deaths per calorie from <laughs> eating a pound of grass-fed steak every day, which is a lot. You don't need to do that unless you're on the carnivore side of things, which there's an argument for that. Um, but if you do that, and the cow is grass-fed and local, unless the cow stepped on a frog, you kill less than one animal per year in all of your food. But if you eat boxes of processed soy nuggets, you disrupted the lives of whatever was gonna live on that land and whatever the tractors killed. And so the number of deaths per calorie is way higher for any grain product and any anything other than basically fresh-picked vegetables because of habitat destruction and tractor kills. And like, I asked a monk this in Tibet, I, I'm, not dogmatic, but I want to do what works. So I like to minimize suffering, uh, buy from a local farmer, eat less meat, but make mm -hmm. it grass-fed. 
and eat very good fats. And if you do that, you'll never have a craving during a fast. And if you don't believe anything I say, you can still be plant-based or vegan, and you can still be standard American diet. Dave, I like my industrial animals. You know, Go screw yourself. Just do intermittent fasting, and you'll still improve. It works for any diet out there. And I'm happy to share the knowledge, and I've for sure. moved a lot of a lot of information. There's 3,000 blog posts and stuff like that. But what I want people to do is figure out the foods that are compatible with your biology. And if you're one of the small percentage of people who's like, you know what, a vegetarian works for me. I know people, it really does. They eat some eggs, they eat some cheese, mm-hmm. they eat a substantial amount of butter, and magically, that really works for them, and that's okay. Right? But if it doesn't work for you, don't tell yourself it's supposed to work so you'll do it right. even more. That's the mistake that I made. Are you friends with uh, some vegans that you've had these conversations with or like Rich Roll or you know anyone like that? You know, who... I haven't had Rich on the show, but I would totally do that. And I, I've certainly had conversations with, with vegans a lot. And there's, there's kind of two mindsets there. Uh, one of them says you're doing it for your health, right? The evidence does not support that. And here's what's really going on. And it's intimately tied to fasting. There's a compound in the body called mTOR. And you've probably talked about it on the show before. mTOR is a signaling molecule that says grow. It says, you know, build muscle, you know, build tissue. And when you eat protein, a lot of protein, plant, plant-based will raise it, but animal-based raises it much more. So when mTOR goes up, you put on muscle. But chronic elevation of mTOR equals cancer, mm. right? So that's a bit of a problem. So one solution is say, well, I'm going to go plant-based and low protein. The problem with that is that mTOR gets suppressed, but it never goes up. So you get frailty. Like these are the people who break their hips. These are the people who have the, the vegan size pants for men. They're like little <laughs> stick legs. Right? You, don't, you don't want to be there. Right? So what's the solution? Well, don't eat for a while, then work out, and then eat. And what's neat is that mTOR is like a spring. You can push it down. And when it's down... It's good, except if it never goes up, it's not good. So when you push it down, there's three things that we know of that suppress mTOR. And this is how you build muscle and how you account for the difference in outcomes from vegans versus carnivores, let's say. So to suppress mTOR, fasting does it, exercise does it, and coffee does it. So what you do is eat dinner and stop eating around six. Don't eat after dinner. So you got four hours of fasting before bedtime. You sleep for eight hours. You just fasted for 12 hours. Wait another four hours. You, there, you fast. You fasted sixteen hours. You had a late breakfast, but before you eat, do some squats. Go lift. I mean, it can be a very quick workout. Just something heavy, and then you eat. And because all three of those things push the mTOR down, as soon as you eat some protein, the body says "wahoo" and it spikes the mTOR much higher. And then the exercise has a bigger impact on your tissues. So you got more exercise benefits in less time. Your mTOR was briefly elevated because you only ate once that day or twice that day, and then it goes back down and it stays down. People feel good on a vegan diet because they suppress mTOR, which is driving chronic inflammation. Problem is you do that forever, you never get the muscles and the growth, and then you get the anti-nutrients and you get the bad fats. So it's okay to be vegan for a week. It's probably good for you. But then at the end of that week, maybe you should go carnivore. So cycles are good. Mm. And I will tell you, being all keto all the time is terrible for you. Being all vegan all the time is terrible for you, and I've done both. That's why intermittent fasting is so awesome because you can eat both vegetables. You can even have white rice. You can have carbs. You don't have to be in keto and and ketosis and all that to do fasting. It's cycling in and out. So be vegan for a day, but just don't be vegan for a year and you'll be fine. What are the main plants that we should never be eating then? Okay, real quick. Uh, 
Up until 10,000 years ago, we lived primarily on the leaves of trees, and we ate tubers that grew in the ground, like a sweet potato for uh-huh. a yam. Mm, love those. Yeah, those they're actually so they're pretty darn good for you. Uh, you were actually designed to eat them. And Very good. 12,000 years ago, 10,000 years ago, we switched over to things that we had never eaten before, and those were the grains of grasses and beans. Now, the reason we'd never eaten them before is, number one, we didn't need to. There's never been a documentation of an ape eating grass or Mm. grains. Mm -hmm. Beans are so lethal that five raw kidney beans will kill a human being in five minutes by coagulating their blood. What? Five raw kidney beans. Raw kidney beans. In fact, you know, most people have heard of the poison ricin. The white powder you send to your elected official. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lots on the way to Washington. Yeah, but that's yeah. another subject. Uh, so ricin is the lectin of the castor bean. And we'll talk about lectins next. A lectin is the plant defense system. These are proteins that are designed to huh. basically kill us in one way or another. Oh gosh. And so ricin is so powerful that about four molecules of ricin will kill a human being instantaneously. There's a great study that was written up in one of the journals about a few years ago. They decided to have a healthy eating day in Boston. Yeah. And they served the kids uh, beans Mm. because it's so healthy. Right. Part of the blue zone. Yes. And they had 30 or 40 admissions to the hospital. No way. With severe diarrhea, hypotension. And it turns out that it was all the fact that the beans were undercooked. And beans are a plant baby, and we're not supposed to eat those. And mm. so, no beans, no beans, zero beans, be, unless you use pinto a pressure yeah, pinto black. None of that. We shouldn't be eating it. Shouldn't be. Eating it. You weren't designed to eat it. You not, have no defense. No matter how it's cooked, it. if you pressure boiled, cook, pressure cook it, it's fine. Pressure cook it. What yeah. does that even mean? Put it in a pressure cooker. Pressure the cooker. modern pressure cooker is as easy as a rice cooker. Got it. It's one touch. It's not your grandmother's pressure Got cooker it. that blew up in the kitchen. And... So then it's okay to eat. Yeah. So you can pressure cook beans. Now, the other thing, we weren't designed to eat grains. Now, and... just a quick question before you start there. How much of it can we eat? Does it matter once it's pressure cooked? Here. Obviously, everything in moderation, but I mean... Yeah, well, like uh, I was so, presenting... Like 20 beans are going to kill me or what? No, if the... you pressure cook them, they're fine. It's all good. Okay, yeah. cool. And, and we talk about how to do this in the plant Got paradox. It. Got it. Um, okay. cool. But my personal feeling is the only purpose of eating a bean is to get olive oil into my mouth, and we can talk about that as we go along. Okay. So grains, uh, for, for instance, everybody heard about gluten. Yes. All right. So gluten is a lectin. And again, a lectin is a plant's defense system. It's a protein that actually is designed to act like incoming guided missile attacks on the inside wall of our gut. And these things actually pry open the lining of our gut and actually break through the border. Really? Yeah, they really do. That's, and that's what it causes eczema and bingo. causes breakouts. Yeah, and exactly. Acne, all brain stuff. fog, uh, irritable bowel. Uh, this is actually all part of that process. Wow. And 
So it, it's fascinating to see people who either have come to see me or have even read the book and then write on Amazon, oh my gosh, you know, I had this horrible eczema and now a month later it's all gone and all I did was, you know, take grains and beans and nightshades away from my diet and mm. everything got better. So that brings us to the second kind of group of things we shouldn't eat. All of us are not from uh, the United States, uh, America. We're actually from Europe, Asia, or Africa. Mm -hmm. Every one of us. Yeah. So, and even our Native Americans are actually not Native Americans. Mm. They're from Asia. Mm. You know, get over it. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, so, none of us were exposed to an American plant until 500 years ago when Columbus started trade. So getting to know a new plant, a new lectin in 500 years is speed dating in evolution. I just mm -hmm. don't think it would be done. For instance, the wow. Italians refused to eat tomatoes for 200 years after their native son Columbus brought them back because they knew how dangerous they were. They were part of the deadly nightshade family. Really? And they... When they started eating them, they always peeled and deseeded their tomatoes because the peels and the seeds actually have the vast majority of the lectins. And huh. it's interesting. Years ago, I was uh, did my fellowship in children's heart surgery in London, England, and I had a, a house officer from Italy, and he invited me up for pasta and mm -hmm. tomato sauce. Yes. And, so I, I, I brought, you know, it'd be nice if I bought a couple cans of canned tomatoes, you know, help out. Sure. And he looks at it, he says, why did you bring me this? We can't use this. So I said, what do you mean? It's, you know, canned tomatoes. He says, it's got peels and seeds. You can't make sauce with peels and seeds. He says, oh, mama mia, what, what am I going to do with you? He says, you, you can't use peels and seeds. And I said, why? He says, they're deadly. And I said, really? And he says, yeah, everybody knows that. And wow. then I thought back uh, as a child, my mother, wow. my grandmother was French and she taught my mother that you always peel and de-seed tomatoes before you slice them and, and serve them. So until I went to Yale, I had never had a slice of a tomato with a peel and a seed. Wow. And it, this was, you know, this has come from cultures. Yeah. For instance, peppers, peppers are the same way. They're part of the nightshade family. You'll never open a glass jar of Italian bell peppers and see peels and seeds because mm. they're gone. And the most striking thing is the Southwest American Indians uh, always peel and de-seed their peppers before they eat them. The hatch chili roast will be happening in another month. And what do they do? They roast their chilies, peel the scarred off part, de-seed them mm. and then they eat them or they make them into chili powder right and you know you can prove this in your grocery store buy a can of green chilies chopped green chilies open it up you won't see any peels and seeds because yeah. they're gone so tomatoes and um peppers, peppers eggplant potatoes and potatoes you know the if you peel them and seed these things you're safer correct safer. but you can pressure cook them and they're fine and they're okay yeah got it now, there's two American beans that everyone should stay away from. Peanuts are not a nut. They're God, a bean. so good, though. 94% of human beings carry a preformed antibody against uh. the peanut lectin. <laughs> we can take rhesus monkeys, our cousins, give them peanut oil, and they will develop 
atherosclerosis, heart disease. Really? If we take the lectin out of the peanut oil and then give them the peanut oil, they will not develop heart disease. So if you get lectin-free peanut <laughs> butter. There, there is no such Dang thing. Dang it. Okay. So get almond butter instead. Yes. It's much so safer. No peanut butter. No, stay away from you it. You should eliminate really it 100% from your Absolutely. system. Absolutely. We can take, and this has been done, men feed them peanuts, take their bowel movements, feed them to rats, and you will grow cancerous cells in the rat colon because they've been exposed to the peanut lectin. Ugh. Yeah. Love peanut butter, though. Oh, I, you know. So I, I can have as much almond butter I went, as I want. And I went to medical school in Georgia. You know, Jimmy Carter, you know, man, yeah. peanuts are peanut everything sandwiches, in Georgia. You know? Yeah. Nope. Sorry. So eliminate it. it. Gone. Gone. Say goodbye. This will help me live longer, have a happier, healthier body. And, and then system. I won't have to operate on you, you know, right. when you have coronary disease. And oh you'll go, gosh. what? I eat so healthy. I'm having my peanut butter. How many surgeries have you done? Oh, over 10,000. 10,000. Do you have the, re is that what it is? The record? No. Not Someone record. said it was a record nah. setting heart surgery. Heart surgeries. No? Yeah. No. How many heart surgeries? 10,000. 10,000. 10,000. Yeah, it's a lot of heart What's surgery. the cause of these heart diseases? So it's the a reason why you have to do so many of these. It's all in the plant paradox. So 17 years ago, I met a guy by the name of Big Ed. It was a 38-year-old guy who came to see me at Loma Linda because I'm one of these surgeons who will operate on anybody. Wow, um, Big Ed. Take the rib. Big Ed. 500-pounder. Big Ed, actually, wow. when I met him, weighed 265 pounds. Wow. But he had such extensive coronary artery disease that you couldn't put stents in him. You couldn't do mm. bypasses because there wasn't any place to land. And he's from Miami, and he'd be going around the country carrying his angiogram, the movie of his heart, his cardiac catheterization, and everybody's turning him down. And he finally, after about six months of this, comes to see me, and I'm looking at his angiogram, and I'm going, eh, you know, I don't like to turn people down, but everybody's right. You know, we're not going to do you any good. And he said, well, wait a minute. Here's the deal, Doc. I've been on a diet for the last six months, and I've lost 45 pounds. Now, this is a 265-pounder sitting across from me. It looks like a, you know, a biker, um, big gut. And he says, and I've, I've gone to this health food store, and I've taken all these supplements. And he actually brought in this shopping bag full of supplements. He said, you know, maybe I did something in here. And I'm going, yeah, all right, you know, I'm kind of scratching my professor beard and, <laughs> and saying, well, you know, I know what you, good for you for losing weight, yeah. but it, it's not going to do anything in here. And I know what you did with all those supplements. You made expensive urine. Right. And I exactly. really believe that. So he says, well, come on, you know, it's been six months. I've come all this way. What would it hurt to get another angiogram, another mm -hmm. cardiac catheterization? Mm -hmm. I said, okay. And so we, we get a new cath on him. And in six months' time, this guy cleans out 50% of the blockages in his heart. 50%. Pretty gone. good. It's pretty darn good. It's unbelievable. Wow. For instance, statistically, on the best statin drug, you know, like Crestor, Lipitor, with the lowest levels of LDL, uh, we scientists at the American Heart Association get crazy if after five years your plaque burden has decreased a half of a percent. Wow. And we go crazy and we go, oh my gosh, this is a miracle. It's the greatest drug discovery of all right, time. Right. And we go, really? So this guy, 50% are gone in six months. So I actually was so excited. I operated on him and, and did a five vessel bypass. But what if I knew what I knew now, 
I'd say, hey, great, you know, another year, this will all be clear. Keep going. You won't need the surgery. So yeah, I, yeah. I start talking about what he did on this diet. And lo and behold, he, he gets started on this. I said, oh, time out. You know, I said, I had this crazy thesis at Yale University that I did for four years back in the dark ages of human evolutionary biology. And my thesis was you could take a great ape, change its food supply, and change its environment and predict you would arrive at a human being. Mm. And I actually successfully defended it and got honors, blah, blah, blah. And so I had given it to my parents and <laughs> uh, went off to be a famous heart surgeon. Sure. And so he's talking about this. I said, wait a minute. You know, this is my crazy thesis. And here I am, this big guy, you know, running and I had pre -diet. You were. Yeah. This is 15 years ago. Yeah, 15 years ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, running and eating a healthy, low-fat diet. And Why do all the doctors seem like they're bigger? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. you know, we're giving all this advice. And so I, I called my parents in San Diego. I said, hey, you know, you got this thesis? And, oh, yeah, you know, it's in the shrine. <laughs> yes. Internal flame. The whole room of your accomplishments. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So I said, send it up to me. So I put myself on my thesis and I lost 50 pounds my first year wow. and I lost another 20 pounds subsequently and I've taken it off. And then I started putting my patients who, you know, at Loma Linda, who I operated on, mm -hmm. on this program and their blood pressure went to normal. Their diabetes went away. Their heart disease didn't come back. And so after about a year of this, I was looking in the mirror on one Friday and I said, you know, I can't do what I do anymore because I can teach people how to avoid me. So I actually resigned my position. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And actually, I was thinking about something I wanted to share. I get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go, like I am. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience, but there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can you believe we're almost halfway through this year? And that blows my mind. And I've been starting to reflect on what I've accomplished in 2024 already and what I still want to accomplish before the end of this year. When life goes so fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and make adjustments for the rest of the year. And therapy can help you take stock and inventory of your progress and set achievable goals for the next six months. And I'm a huge advocate for therapy. It changed my life and I believe it's a great option for everyone no matter where you're at in your emotional life. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists anytime you need to for no additional charge. Take a moment, visit betterhelp.com Lewis today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Lewis. My wife still calls it Black Friday. When was this? Uh, 15 years ago. You resigned. I resigned. From doing surgeries? From, from or doing, from... being chairman of heart surgery at Loma Linda. Yeah. Wow. Just because yeah. you felt like 
This I could wasn't do, solving the it actual It wasn't solving route. the problem. It was right. just putting a Band-Aid on it. The surgeries. So, the surgeries. Yeah. I was just, you know, it's famous for four-time, five-time redo surgeries on somebody who kept clogging up their blood vessels. Mm-hmm. And it's like. You could fix them up, but it's like. Yeah. Okay. They're going to be back in a couple of years. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I set up uh, an institute in Palm Springs where all I ask people to do is every three months, let me take about 10 tubes of blood out of you. And we'll send it to some labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, have Insurance will pay for it. Wow. And see what asking you to eat certain foods does right. and asking you to take certain supplements that you could find at Costco or Trader Joe's does. Mm. And that resulted in my first book uh, in 2008 called Dr. Gundry's Diet Evolution. But then subsequently, uh, I've seen about 50% of my practice is autoimmune disease. And People would go, come in and say, hey, what do you know about autoimmune disease? And I'd go, oh, I don't know anything about autoimmune disease, but I'm a transplant immunologist, and that means how do I get the immune system of you to accept the heart of a pig, for instance? Jeez. And I actually hold the world record for the longest pig to baboon heart transplant, 28 days. That's wow. the world record. Wow. So I started manipulating the immune system by food. And sure enough, um, you've got an autoimmune disease, we can teach you to get rid of it by changing, primarily getting lectins out of your diet. That's it, huh? And changing your gut bugs to be basically friendly gut bugs. And the friendly gut bugs actually tell your immune system that, hey guys, we're all great down here. We're down at the beach. We're singing Kumbaya, the yeah. beautiful bonfire. And your immune system is basically the cops. Uh, and the cops go, oh, yeah, we know these kids, great kids. Uh, let's go have a donut. And now, so that's how it's supposed to be. But let's suppose a gang member moves into your neighborhood. Now, all of a sudden, you got, you're putting up bars on your windows and you got neighborhood watch patrols and you're shooting guys with hoodies without asking questions. So what's happened to most of us through some of the foods we eat, like all these wonderful snacks we're talking about, mm-hmm. we've, we've let these gang members loose. And the good guys actually can't eat simple sugars and these saturated fats. They, they want leaves and they want tubers. Mm. So they co- die off. They die off, exactly. So the gang members are running rampant, and now your immune system is going, oh, my gosh, you know, the city's taken over by gang members, and we're going to have armed patrols everywhere. And anytime we see anything that looks a little odd, we're going to shoot and ask questions later. And so what's happened to everybody with autoimmune disease is their immune system is just hyper on guard because it's no longer getting the messages from the good bugs chill out everything's cool you know kumbaya love 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 peace and love and that's what's happened and it's it's so cool to get somebody who can just you know change the food they they may not want it initially but when they start feeling better yeah they go uh, for instance on monday young lady 36 years old lives out in uh, la quinta Mm -hmm. was sent to me with what's called chronic pain syndrome. Now, a lot of doctors toss this off as, oh, you're crazy or you're depressed or you're just anxious and you treat them with antidepressants. And she was in constant pain. And it was so bad that she actually had to work from home, Mm. really couldn't move. And she had a 
kid and a husband and right so she had heard about me she said you know i've heard about you um you know what do you think and i said you know come on let's let's do this i said what's happening is that your pain is actually coming from nerve cells inside your gut that are being stimulated by rogue uh, cops if you will and they're trying to tell you that you shouldn't move Mm. um so let's start. So I saw her a couple of months later in January, February, and I said, how are we doing? She said, you know, the pain's less, but it's definitely still there. So I said, well, you know, just stay at it. If you mm-hmm. can feel a difference, don't give up. Yeah, yeah. So she, I walked in um, on Monday, and I almost didn't recognize her. <laughs> and I said, she got a giant smile on your face. And I said, so, you know, how are you doing? She said, perfect. I said, what, what do you mean? And she says, do you know what it's like to not have pain? And I said, well, yeah, I do um, <laughs> now. Uh, she said, I forgot what not having pain feels like. Wow. And it, it's amazing. She said, I just feel great. I, you know, it's been so many years, I'd forgotten what, you know, feeling normal felt uh-huh. like. She said, but let me tell you a story. You can't cheat. And, I, and I, I, I said, yeah, I know that, but how'd you find out? She said, well, you know, there was this office party a couple of weeks ago and all they had, they had some, they had some chicken and they had some nachos and they had some guacamole. And she said, I noticed that the guacamole had tomatoes in it. Uh, believe it or not, guacamole is not half, supposed to have tomatoes. Your, your listeners should realize that guacamole <laughs> should not have tomatoes. Sure. But, uh, she said, I figured, well, the safest thing to eat is to put some guacamole on my plate and have a piece of chicken because, you know, I want to be nice. She said, I'll tell you, within an hour, oh. my left elbow just started throbbing and then my hands started oh, freezing up. She said, I actually had to leave the party and go home. And she said, I had to lay down and I couldn't get up for about two hours. And she said, and I was trying to be good. And she said, it's, it's amazing that, you know, this could do this. Wow. Yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. So you said you essentially came, was, uh, you know, amazing. we're doing heart surgeries, 10,000 of them and yeah. said, I don't want to be offensive here. I'll make sure I'm saying the right thing, but you're now essentially a functional med doctor. Yeah. I don't in, in a sense. Correct. Right? I, um, with all, not, with all due respects to Mark Hyman, yes. uh, Jeff Bland created the, uh, created functional medicine and Jeff's a friend of mine. I don't know what functional medicine right, means. Right, right, right. What I do is restorative medicine. Great. All of us have the power to heal ourselves. Now, the guy who said this was Hippocrates. And Hippocrates, uh, brilliant. He, he believed that any organism had the ability to have perfect health. Hmm. And that every organism had the ability to achieve perfect health as long as the obstacles to perfect health were removed. Mm. And Hippocrates believed that the physician's job was to identify the obstacles to that organism having perfect health, the patient, and remove them from the patient. And right. the patient would do the rest. Yeah. So what, what I try to do, I basically do detective work. And I think I'm pretty good at finding the obstacles. And many of those obstacles, believe it or not, are 
lectins. Mm. And the other obstacle is you got to get the gang members out of your gut by basically starving them to death and giving the good guys what they want to eat. Starving them of the lectins. Starving them of simple sugars yes. and lectins and saturated fats. Like you Remove those things. Yeah. They, they have nothing to eat and they leave. For instance, I'll give you an example of something interesting. Uh, we actually have bacteria in our gut that enjoy eating gluten. Uh, electric. Really? Yeah, they love it. But if you go gluten-free, they leave because they got nothing to eat. Yes. And then a lot of people who go gluten-free and don't notice a whole lot of difference or they just get frustrated and then they, and they have a couple pieces of bread or mm. pizza. Mm. And God, then all of a so sudden good. their gut goes, oh, you know. Well, it's because their bugs that could defend them against gluten are gone. Are gone. Oh. And it, believe it or not, gluten is kind of a, a low-level lectin. There's far worse. The, the worst ones are in the hall of the grain. So, for instance, this whole, whole grain goodness, this only started about 50 years ago. There's this thing as whole grain goodness. No, we've gotten sicker and sicker and sicker because the outside of the hall <laughs> has the lectins. And we've been throwing it away. I mean, really, the French, seriously, would they have a whole grain croissant uh, or a whole grain baguette, really? And the Italians, you know, whole grain pasta. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's appearing on the menus because the tourists want to see it. it. Yeah. But the Italians would kill themselves. Right, right. Yeah, the first thing I opened up right here is the most popular nut is not a nut, the peanut. The peanut. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Right. And a cashew. A cashew is a nut, too. I can't eat cashews? No. The Amazonian Indians always threw the cashew bean away. Uh, what, if, what if I <laughs> manipulate it in a certain way and make it into a sauce? And you could pressure cook it. I can pressure cook cashews. Yeah. Then I can eat it. Yes. And what stay away from chia seeds. No chia seeds? No. These are all the things people are telling you to eat right now. Of course. And that's why everybody's getting sicker. Chia seeds, there's two human studies that show that chia seeds promote inflammation in human beings. <laughs> What yeah. else do we need to be aware of? I used to be a big fan of chia seeds. What do you eat? You eat what you're supposed to eat. You're supposed to eat leaves. You're supposed yes. to eat tubers uh, like jicama, like sweet potatoes, uh, like rutabagas. You're supposed to eat tons of olive oil. Tons. Really? Tons. I use a liter a week. Of olive oil? Of olive oil. Well, you drink it or you're cooking no, with it? No, I pour it on everything. Oh, really? Yeah, wow. pour it on everything. The only purpose of food is to get olive oil into your mouth. This is what I told Dr. Really? Oz a few weeks ago. Just think the only purpose of food is to get olive oil in your mouth. In Crete and Sardinia, they use a liter of olive oil per week. A Spanish study of 65-year-old people for five years, making them use a liter of olive oil per week against a low-fat Mediterranean diet, at the end of five years, the olive oil users had improved memory compared to the low-fat diet. The women had 65% less breast cancer wow. than the low-fat Mediterranean diet. And they had less heart disease. Liter a week. Olive oil. Liter a week. That's, can't, a, that's can't the fountain of youth, huh? Yeah. So, started Food Babe. This started, was only a couple years ago. Yeah. And, and, and I just started writing about things I was really passionate about, and I started to realize I had a knack of asking questions nobody was asking before. Mm. Like, like, what were some of the questions? Well, no one had really asked Chipotle, I guess, publicly, online, mm. um, what's in your food? 
You say your foods with integrity, but what's actually in your food? What are the ingredients? No one had done that. Do some of these companies not show ingredients? I thought they have to show ingredients. Don't well, um, they or don't. Do they hide them, or it's like they really don't hard to find, actually. Or, you know, really? they don't. Not all of them do. And so there's big, huge companies like Papa John's mm. who don't release their ingredients online. However, their competitors like Domino's and Pizza Hut do. Okay. And um, Chipotle back then, when I started asking the questions, didn't. Right. And thankfully, because of my investigations, they started labeling their ingredients GMO or not, and started removing some of the bad ingredients, and they're getting rid of the majority of bad ingredients I, I wrote about, the ones that were very controversial. When I realized someone as large as Chipotle or Chick-fil-A or Kraft or any of these big companies were listening to someone like me, I knew I could no longer stay at that job. And you started this at the other job that you were doing, right? And then it started, and it started to pick up. Yeah. And I remember when I first heard about you, it was something about craft. Like you basically changed the whole thing that craft does now. And uh, I want to talk about that in a second. But I also saw, a, I remember you doing a video, like eating a yoga mat. And then, <laughs> and talking about some word that I can't pronounce. And then later, seeing like three months later, seeing Subway come out with a commercial saying they no longer have that ingredient because you were specifically talking about it. And I thought to myself, wow, if one person can create enough uh, of a conversation so that a large company like a Subway or a Kraft or Chipotle or Chick-fil-A listens and takes action to change something, I said, that is really powerful. And uh, you've worked uh, in kind of solving a lot of the issues with Kraft, Subway, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, and Starbucks, and having them change their ingredients. And what was the thing with Kraft? What actually happened? Well, one of the things I realized, um, as soon as I quit my job, which was the scariest thing ever, bet, by the way, I because imagine. I wasn't, this was a pure passion project, so I didn't know how to sustain myself when I quit my job. And I was in the house, uh, and I was sitting here, and I'm living in a condo, surrounded by the banks that I used to work with in downtown Charlotte, and going, oh my God, I have no boss, I have no job, and I'm a food activist now. Wow, this is crazy. I cannot believe I'm doing this. You know, when you're working on a passion project, out, you know, and you're also working in the corporate world, you're not putting your 100% effort into it, even yeah. though it's like kind of taking over your world and your thought, and you're sure. sitting at work and you're thinking about your next investigation instead of what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah, yeah. Like that started to happen, but I was still like straddling these two jobs, you had right? To take the leap, right? Yeah. And then when you put your 100% focus mm -hmm. in something, wow, the doors just start opening. Sure. And so the first thing I started to investigate was how food in Europe is healthier than the United States. What has happened is Europe has been um, regulated on a precautionary principle that these chemicals are considered guilty before they're innocent. Here in the United States, they're innocent until proven guilty. Huh. And so in Europe, there are several chemicals that are either banned or not used or have warning labels. And one of those chemicals is artificial food dyes, yellow okay. five, yellow six, they red 40. They don't use any of them there? Or they're labeled specifically with a well, warning? Well, they label them with a warning. Okay. So um, they are banned in certain countries. But wow. in the UK, they have a requirement that you have to put a warning label on it that says may cause adverse effects in activity and attention in children. It's kind so, of like cigarettes, basically yeah. a warning on a cigarette box. Right. 
but it's a warning on a box of candy or a wow. box of mac and cheese. Like if you were to import a box of mac and cheese from the United States to the UK and, and sold it in a specialty store, it would have to have that warning. But you know what Kraft did to try to get away with without putting that warning? They reformulated their product without yellow five and yellow six and used real ingredients, paprika and beta carotene, for, for European citizens, but not for us. Why not? So they found out that there was this health issue, right, associated with mm. especially children. Who Who's the biggest population of mac and cheese eaters in this country? Children. Children. Yeah. And to say, you know what, instead of putting that warning label on the box, we're just going to reformulate for them, and we're not going to do it for all of these millions of people in the United States is immoral and wow. unethical. So why do they do that? Because it's a lot more expensive to put the natural ingredients in, I'm assuming. And it is a little bit more cost, but mm -hmm. in the long run, it's not that much. I mean, right. These corporations are making billions of dollars right, right, exactly. collectively. So it's um, it's really unfortunate hmm. that these companies have gone unregulated like this, and it's up for us consumers to hold them accountable. Sure, if we keep buying, they'll keep selling it to us. That's right, yeah. that's right. And so I started a petition and... Um, Against Kraft. Yes, to remove these artificial food dyes. And I tell you, it was... So you weren't saying don't don't make mac and cheese anymore, no, don't no, sell us no, this. No. You're just saying take these specific ingredients out right. that other countries don't have in their foods. We should be able to eat junk food without the risk of hyperactivity sure. or cancer because some of these artificial food yeah. dyes are contaminated with carcinogens. You know, we should be able to have things without them harming us. Right. And so I tell you that period of time really changed me because what I realized quickly, we the petition got over 200,000 signatures in a week. Amazing. So and you posted on your site or online with yep, the petition and people right, and sign on, online. On change.org. I actually okay. used change.org back then. And they were an amazing partner. Um, and they really helped carry the message. And they really helped guide me, too. I'm like, what do you do? How do you do a petition? And how do you do all these things? And now, actually, I'm teaching some of those principles people, in yeah. this book. Like, sure. how, how do you start your own petition? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, there's, That's a, really there's cool. an appendix in the back. Um, Very cool. Of, in the back of the book. But um, So what happened with these 200,000 names? Did you say... Hearcraft, like, look at this, or what was the next step? Well, they continued to be really um, basically sending us PR to us. And actually, the story of what happened when I went to go deliver those petitions to their headquarters is the first introduction chapter in this book. Wow. And it's, it's, it's gut-wrenching. Okay. Um, you know, I don't hold back okay. on how I felt right. when that was happening. Sure. And um, the, the really unfortunate thing with Kraft is that they weren't really willing to hear all of these consumers. Now this mm. petition has close to 400,000 signatures wow. still to this day. They're starting to slowly take out the artificial food dyes. They've taken it out for kids' products, and they've taken it out for their deluxe products, and I think they're going to eventually get rid of the rest. Sure. It's just going to take them some time. But, um, you know, what's really... Uh, the most critical point of that petition, what it taught me, is that there are thousands of people really being affected by these issues. Mm. Um, thousands of parents sent me letters. Their kids' asthma went away. Their kids' wow. eczema went away. Their kids' activity improved at school. Their kids got off their ADHD medication. Their, their autism lessened, the, the, the symptoms of autism. I mean, right. led personal letters from parents. I actually took those with me printed them all out, it was mm. a stack this big, 
took him to with me to Dr. Oz, the show, and wow. and like waved him in the air on camera at Kraft. And what happened? Well, that's when I had to go deliver those those letters and that petition. And when sure. I was carrying those boxes of signatures, I mean, I really felt the weight of those parents mm. and those children that have been affected by artificial food dyes. And right. it still remains a problem today and a problem that I'm going to continue to fight for. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And actually, I was thinking about something I wanted to share. I get a lot of questions from you about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there who are often on the go, like I am. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making some extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start, and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine who have raved to me about their experience, but there are some people out there who've never imagined their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off wow that's incredible what do you feel like has been the biggest challenge with all these companies that you've been addressing with the artificial ingredients or the ingredients that are healthy what do you feel like has been the biggest challenge so far which company has been the biggest challenge to work with which uh you know and which one has been the most uh, enjoyable, I guess, if you could say that, to work with or has been actually willing to listen to you and take your counsel and say, okay, we do want to make changes. What are some suggestions? So let's, let's start with the positive. So uh, a few years ago, there was something in my fridge that I had no idea what was in it. Uh-huh. And it was a bottle of Newcastle beer. Everything else I knew what was in it. But the Newcastle beer had no ingredient list, mm. and I was like, well, why doesn't it have an ingredient list? And knowing what I knew about the food industry and how GMOs have infiltrated everything. What's GMO stand for, just so people know? A genetically modified organism. Okay. And have just been... Where you know, scientists have created an ingredient to then go into the food. That's right. It's a, it's a new species of plant, that's basically. Nuts. They've, they've that injected. That's right. Yes. It's not from nature. This yes. is this is in a laboratory. They inject either mm. DNA or insecticide or some other type of uh, concoction and put it into a seed and then grow that as new. Amazing. Okay. So, um, and, and the problem isn't so much that technology. It's not even about that. It's about the, the fact that they're paired with an increase in pesticides. So the chemical companies who have developed those seeds are the same chemical companies selling the pesticides. Okay. So it's a pesticide issue. It's really not about 
It's not about GMO. It's not about biotechnology. Okay. It's really about the pesticides. And the pesticides is what is really causing a huge environmental impact and the, the rise in cancer rates. If you look gotcha. at the president's cancer panel, who independently looks at cancer rates, has said that 41% of us are destined to have cancer. Some of those reasons wow. can be related back to these environmental toxins. With pesticides, one of them. So if it says GMO, does it mean it has pesticides attached to a GMO? Or so the GMO, is the GMO bad or is it just a pen? It, well, it, I mean, it is creating new proteins that uh -huh. have never before existed. So it's different for your body to yes, digest right. and it, it may react There, are, there are certain studies that show different things. And okay. what's really concerning to me is that there's no mandatory safety testing on GMO crops in this country before they're introduced. All the other countries around the world, they have this. They 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 require it or they label it, right? Okay. They either say no, you can't you can't sell this here or you can't uh, grow this here, or we have to label it so consumers or have to warning, know. Warning: This may cause certain right. issues. But here in the United States, these companies are spending millions of dollars to prevent their name from being on there. Yeah. Like they don't want us to know sure. that genetically modified foods. I mean, think about it. The Super Bowl is happening, right? It's, yeah. it's around this time of year. And think about all of the companies that spend millions of dollars to put their name right sure. there front and center. The biotech com companies and the chemical companies are trying to take their name away from this. They're sure. trying to hide this from us. Wow. So you've got to wonder, why are they trying to hide so much? I'm interested though, you know, cigarettes, they have a, a big tax on, I believe here in New York, they have a big tax on them um, to buy cigarettes. And also they have a big warning label. And a lot of them have like people with like cancer on them. It says you will, you know, cigarettes cause death even maybe. I'm not even sure exactly what they say, but there's big warnings on them, but people still do it. Do you think if those warnings were on our food labels uh, in the U.S. that we would still eat it, just like people are addicted to cigarettes? Well, the GMO label is not even a warning label. It's just a... Uh, transparency label uh -huh. just to know what gotcha. you're buying gotcha. I mean it's like how you know that you're drinking orange juice from concentrate okay we should know if our foods genetically engineered and yeah. so when um, when these same food companies did this in Europe they're still selling food there it's just labeled there gotcha. so consumers so you're more know. educated yeah gotcha. absolutely okay, so cool. so it's not you know this is a smart business decision for companies especially to give them this information but right. I tell you there's something funny going on if they want to hide it so bad. So that's okay. that's your first kind of, when you start to investigate, you kind of wonder, well, what's going on here? And okay. when you look deeper into some of the studies that have been done, they're very alarming and very concerning. And now we're seeing the main ingredient, Roundup, which has glyphosate in it, in human breast milk, Whoa. which is a huge toxin. I mean, linked to autoimmune disorders, cancers, all sorts hmm. of things. So. This is a huge issue, but okay. going back to that Newcastle, Newcastle beer, tell me about it. Had no idea what was in it. Sure. So I was like, why don't why don't beer why doesn't beer, alcohol, wine, liquor why doesn't any of it have ingredient labels? Why can't I know what makes this raspberry flavored vodka or this beer? And so I started to investigate because it was the one thing that was in my fridge that I, I wasn't personally drinking. My husband was drinking. I care about his health, and. Um, was looking into what was in there and I remember going, it took me over a year, almost maybe, maybe a little bit less or a little bit over a year to quiz the beer companies enough to even write an article about what I found out about the beer industry. And what I found out was shocking. Hmm. Most of it had GMO corn 
added to it. So it's not the basic ingredients of beer, you know, mm-hmm. all, malt, barley, you know, et cetera, yeast, um, and water. Um, it had uh, it had caramel coloring added to it so they could use a different kind of malt. Just like Starbucks. Yes, just like Starbucks. And um, it had artificial dyes added to it. Uh-huh. It had um, different types of propylene glycol um, added to it, which is a derivative of antifreeze. There was things that vegan and vegetarian people would be concerned about. Ice and glass, which is produced from a fish swim bladder. Mm-hmm. Um, carrageenan, which is linked to intestinal inform- inflammation. So all of these things were in beer that I had no idea what was in it. Because it wasn't on the label. It wasn't on the label. So I felt like this needed to change. That okay. blog post, when I wrote it, went so crazy viral. Mm-hmm. Millions of people saw it. And I realized that people are really fed up with this. And so I reached out to Anheuser-Busch and Miller Coors. And at first, they wouldn't respond back to me. They gave me the the basic mumbo jumbo. Sorry, we're not gonna release our ingredients. We're not gonna tell you because it's proprietary information. But as soon as I did a petition and got close to, I think, 40,000 signatures overnight. Oh my gosh. They responded and the first to respond was Anheuser-Busch, and they were, when you asked who was really nice to work with, mm-hmm. they were incredible to work with. Wow. They, um, they emailed me right away, and I told this whole story on the blog, so if you look at old blog sure. posts, you can read this story, but they emailed me right away, and they invited me to their headquarters to- In St. Louis? Yes, yeah. and to learn about their processes. Interesting. And look at their ingredients, and meet their head brewmasters. So, you know, I went and did that uh, on my own diamond dollar, you know, wasn't consulting or anything like that. I went there and I met with them and I've been trying to convince them to develop an organic beer that isn't contaminated with any GMO ingredients, so. That's interesting, very cool. Yeah. Okay, well are they taking any ingredients out or are they doing anything different or is it still the same thing? Well, are they, they labeling it? Well, they are posting all of their ingredients online okay. now. Um, they've slowly started adding all all the beers on there. I think they're almost all the way up there. So if you go to tapintoyourbeer.com, I think that's their website, okay. you can see what's in their beer. And some of the things are, you know, really bizarre, like high fructose corn syrup in my beer. I had no idea. Right. You know? I mean, think about all the people who read um, packages and avoid high fructose corn syrup, and they had no idea that they were drinking it in beer. Sure. Now they do. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's episode with all the important links. And if you want weekly exclusive bonus episodes with me personally, as well as ad-free listening, then make sure to subscribe to our Greatness Plus channel exclusively on Apple Podcasts. Share this with a friend on social media and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Let me know what you enjoyed about this episode episode in that review. I really love hearing feedback from you and it helps us figure out how we can support and serve you moving forward. And I want to remind you if no one has told you lately that you are loved, you are worthy, and you matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great.
How frustrating is it when you move into a new home and you're excited to settle in and furnish it, but then you're waiting weeks on end, sometimes even a whole month, for your new furniture to finally ship to you? Have you met All Modern? All Modern brings you the best of modern furniture and they deliver it for free in days, not weeks. Yep, that's right. They deliver it in days. Waiting weeks for your order to arrive isn't ideal, especially when you've just moved. Get your sofa ASAP from All Modern and sit comfortably while building out the rest of your space. That's Modern Made Simple. At All Modern, you'll find only the best of modern styles, from Scandi to mid-century and minimalist to maximalists. Every piece is hand-vetted for quality and designed for real life. Shop the best of modern outdoor furniture, timeless decor, and everything in between. Find timeless designs in every style that fold function and fun all in one. From small decor swaps to full room revamps, All Modern has you covered. Shop online at All modern.com or visit them in store in Linfield or Dedham, Massachusetts or in Austin, Texas. Human nature can get a little messy, but nature nature is powerful enough to save us from ourselves. Seventh generation laundry detergent lifts away tough stains with a 97% bio-based formula for when you think whipping up yellow curry chicken and white pants is a great idea. Totally not speaking from experience. Let nature do its thing so you can feel confident doing yours. That's the power of 7th Generation. Find 7th Generation laundry detergent and fresh lavender and other scents at 7thGeneration.com.